once you accept the discomfort and learn over and over again that you are able to hold what's moving in that discomfort I'm not going to say it's easy but it's more peaceful like because there's less resistance you're flowing more you know the elusive flow <laughs> yeah and there's times when that's more there and times where I find myself like gripping more and that's where I call my coach and I'm just like there's something I'm not seeing and I can tell because because I'm really tired because I'm avoiding stuff because I'm like procrastination right you're avoiding something the power of music we're learning how to use it now Hello and welcome to the Self-Help Songwriter Podcast, a place for self-healers and music lovers. I'm Hannah Francis, a singer-songwriter who is obsessed with self-help, and I use songwriting as my primary self-help tool. I am certain that the answers to life's big questions lie within each of us, and on this podcast, we search for these answers by analyzing songs and self-help and today it's the latter. Today we have a very special guest, Anna Jordan. She is an incredible maturation coach. She'll explain what that means. And I've actually, she's held space for me. So I will be able to give you some insight into that process too. She is incredible at holding space and reflecting just the realities of like the emotional realities of what it is to be human. You will absolutely love this episode if you are somebody who is a little bit uncomfortable with self-help, a little bit feeling a little bit trepidatious when it comes to actually facing the things about yourself that maybe um, are a little bit hard to face. So, oh my gosh, I cannot wait for you to get into this episode. It's so good. We talk about feeling your feelings. That's the big, big topic. We talk about the nature of resistance and how it perpetuates pain. We talk about the commodification of wellness and well-being and self-help. And we talk about emotional hooks. And we talk about toxic expression versus toxic repression, how they're kind of two ends of the spectrum and how healthy just sitting with your feelings is just, we just talk about a thousand different aspects of that, what it means, why you should do it, how to do it, and then the incredible reward that is for you on the other side of that. So we really, really dig deep with this one. Oh my gosh. I love Anna so much. You can read more about her at AnnaJordan.com. I'll put all the links to her work and to book in her calendar. She does, oh my gosh, it's so generous. She does these discovery calls where you can just book in 45 minutes with her. So if you're curious, I would genuinely recommend that you do that. She is just super cool. 
Um, hopefully she'll still have space in her calendar. Um, when you're listening to this, but she is, I just, you, you'll listen, you'll hear it. You'll, you'll hear the depth that we reach and it's really, it's challenging as not the most comfortable, but it is mind blowing and it also makes you feel alive. So I am so excited for you to hear this conversation between me and Anna Jordan, and we would love for you to join the conversation as well. Find me, I'm at self-help songwriter, and Anna is at Anna.Jordan. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Anna Jordan. Anna Jordan, welcome to the Self-Help Songwriter Podcast. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you. Finally, you were one of the first people to come up in my mind when I decided to include like self-help interviews as part of the Self-Help Songwriter Podcast. Mm-hmm. You, Your work is just incredible. Well, But first, like before we get into the nitty gritty, let's just tell people like, what do you do and where are you right now? Um, so I'm in Nice in the south of France. Um, and what I do, I'm a maturation coach. And more specifically, I help people feel their feelings. So I don't help you to feel good. I just help you to feel. <laughs> There's a big distinction there. <laughs> Oh yeah. Oh, You're yeah. like nodding the big yes. <laughs> I know that too well. Or I know that very well. Yes. Mm-hmm. And and you, I have had the honor of being on the receiving end of the maturation coaching. And uh yeah, it is quite confronting mm-hmm. and transformative and ego smashing. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and really you have to, I feel like be open to Mm -hmm. it. So like, can you say like, how do people know when they're ready for that? Mm. It's when you're ready to commit to actually stepping outside of your story, when you're ready to commit to stop living from the place you've always lived from. And when you're ready to commit to the possibility that there is a whole lot more available in life and you're ready to start living rather than just surviving and living and being fully in life is being open to all of it. So when I say I'm not just here to make you feel good, at the start, working with me, I will encourage you to feel what you've suppressed so far. And that rarely is joy, happiness, love. We tend to suppress anger, rage, fear, sadness. And so I hold space for you. I don't just, you know, push you in and let you struggle and hold space for you as you experience it in the moment. And so that teaches you that you're able to experience those emotions that you suppress. And I guess the magic 
that happens with all of that is your ability to feel becomes bigger. And in that ability to feel also means that you're able to feel more love, more joy, more happiness and everything that we try to seek. But you're more in life. There's more life moving within you. And you're more open to everything that life has to offer. You're not just trying to focus and manifest only the good things. You know, that's a lot of what the well-being world has been shaped around is just shortcuts to feel better and feel good. And then we're just in this endless search of feeling good. And then there's this thing that I've been starting to talk about because I, I read somewhere that teenagers are starting to feel like they're failing at well-being and I was like, it's not just teenagers, it's everyone. We're so now formatted by the big quote-unquote well-being industry, emphasis on industry, that we're good when we feel good and that's success. And it's just, well... There's so much more than just feeling good. <laughs> yeah. Amen. Yes, the commodification <laughs> of feeling good. Like the, yeah. yeah. Like when you think about it, it takes so much energy to feel good. <laughs> you know, like, You've got to make the right smoothies, drink the right tea, meditate for the right amount of minutes, dance to the right music by feeling the right thing. And more specifically and like really underneath all of that, all your energy is then in resisting the not feeling good. Yeah, I'm exhausted just thinking about it. Exactly. It's just, it's exhausting to resist your anger. It's exhausting to resist your sadness. It's exhausting to resist your fear. You know, like those moments where it finally comes out and you finally rage, have a tantrum, have a big cry, share like how afraid you are, shake that big release that comes afterwards, it is not just because that dance session was great, that meditation session was great, or that breathwork session was great. And I love all modalities. But it's deeper than that. It's because you felt what was needing to be felt and you stopped resisting. And that, like, that's where so much of the, sorry, <coughs> ow, that's where the pain is. It's in the resistance. It really is. Like, figuratively, you're lying, you know, you're floating on a river and you decide you don't want to float anymore because you want to control exactly where you're going and you grip onto a branch 
your hand is like bleeding because you're gripping on so much and it's so painful and all your energy is spent like fighting the current of the river and gripping on really, really tight to that branch. Let go. Float. It's actually really cool. (laughs) (laughs) And then you're fully enjoying the ride. And, and your hand's not bleeding anymore and it doesn't hurt so much and you're not so exhausted because you can just relax and float. And that's just like a very simple metaphor. But really, that's where our pain is. And so somehow by feeling it, There's, there's less pain, there's less exhaustion, there's less, yeah. There's more magic. I always say, like, there's more magic. There's more surprises. Right. And they can be really good too. Yes, like you said, it's being open yeah. to life. Like, it's truly yeah. being energetically, genuinely open to life that opens up a world of possibilities that you cannot see if you, when you're gripping and you're clenching and you're like, there's no space for them. Everything's so tight. There's no space for it. And when you're gripping so tightly and trying to predict your future or coming at situations already knowing what the outcome is going to be. You're predicting that outcome based on your past experience. And so you're just like continuously living the same thing again and again and again. It might look different, but how it makes you feel is the same and the result is the same. And then you wonder why. It's like, well, you're creating it from that same like very limited space. And there is so much more possibility out there. And we wonder why we can't access it. Because we spend our entire life running from it. Literally. I think that's kind of what most people are doing most of the time in a way is like everything we're doing and myself included, of course. Um, uh, but that, okay, maybe not most of the time. <laughs> I Anyway, um, but that we, that everything we're doing is a way of escaping, is a way of avoiding, is a way of not confronting that that thing, whatever that yeah. thing is for each of us. And it's, it's a way of staying safe because that's what our human mechanism is therefore, and it's a very well-functioning machine. It keeps us very safe. It's, it helps us to survive, but it doesn't help us to live and to be fully in life because right. it just keeps helping us to survive based on what we already know. The thing is that starts when our life starts. So what is possible when you're three? It's very small. But that's what we create our whole life from. 
so it is quite limited and there is so much more possible and you know you say like most people I mean this is my work and it's what I'm fully devoted to I still do it it's part of the human condition and as long as I'm in human form and as long as I'm living in this meat sack like that is part of my human condition and yeah I catch myself on more these days because you know it's my practice but of course I still have blind spots like I'm no illuminated enlightened guru no one is um and I still have a coach I'm fairly certain I'll always have a coach I have two and I'm in supervision for my work but because they help me see what I don't see because my survival mechanism stops me from seeing it because if I stay safe, then I'll keep surviving. But I've committed to fully living. And at times it's really uncomfortable. And I say uncomfortable and not painful or difficult. And that's really important is because if it's painful or difficult, I'm making it so. And taking that responsibility is really confronting. But that's the confronting part. Once you accept the discomfort and learn over and over again that you are able to hold what's moving in that discomfort, I'm not going to say it's easy, but it's more peaceful, like, because there's less resistance. You're flowing more, you know, the elusive flow. (laughs) Yeah. And there's times when that's more there and times where I find myself like gripping more. And that's where I call my coach and I'm just like, there is something I'm not seeing and I can tell because because I'm really tired, because I'm avoiding stuff, because I'm like procrastination. Right. You're avoiding something because I can't sit still for two seconds or... I keep trying to do these things to feel good. I can tell, you know, I'm going to food to try and feel good. I'm spending money on things to get that rush. And I'm not saying any of those things are bad. They just are. It's part of the human, like, condition and I'm allowed to feel good. Like, I don't always have to try and find what's underneath it because then you get in that, like... (laughs) Let's not pathologize everything. Unhealthy, like, ooh, there's got to be something... I've been there you know like just the other day I was telling my coach I was just like okay funny story because I have a practice of tuning in and seeing observing how I feel pushing like the most obvious emotions kind of to the side like peeking behind them to be curious with myself to really feel what I'm feeling and I was telling her I was like I feel really calm and I feel really at peace and I feel really grounded, but yet the external stuff shouldn't make me feel this way. And I was telling her I can see myself trying to find reasons why I shouldn't feel like that is how powerful the mechanism is because who am I to feel at peace? 
because I haven't done all of the things that should make me feel that way because I've decided that I can only feel calm and grounded if I've meditated for this many hours and eaten this kind of way and done these kinds of things. And so who am I to feel calm and peaceful and grounded when I've got no fucking clue how my business is going to be running the next month. I've just spent four days with my cousins for a Hindu where, you know, we didn't sleep that much and that well and, or ate that well. And, (laughs) um, and yeah, like all these reasons why I shouldn't feel calm and grounded. And yet I do. And it's just, you know, you catch yourself trying to find reasons why you shouldn't. I mean, newsflash, if you keep looking for something, you're going to find it eventually. Amen. I love that you bring this up. This is actually like a theme that I've noticed for myself lately and also just Mm -hmm. in the world. You know how we just have themes. This is a theme that I'm noticing, like this addiction, not just to any like numbing, but to the emotion itself that I then numb, but like to the cortisol, like I'm addicted in a way, like to the like to the drama, I know, or yeah. just to like the, okay, just to that, like feeling yeah. alive, or I don't know what it is. It's oh, just like I, giving me purpose. I don't know, but it's just, I, I'm really yeah. used to it. So my body's just like yeah. there. And then I'm like, wait, I don't, do I need to go there? Yeah. It's like who you always has, have known yourself to be is the one who is stressed, anxious, angry, flaily, la, 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 insert whatever there so when you're not that it's like who am I and what have I done to feel differently is that okay not okay am I bypassing something sometimes we are you know but yeah I find it fascinating (laughs) That's so interesting. Like, what would you say to somebody who is just realizing that they're like in this cycle? Um, how how would they begin to address like like you said, like peek behind the emotions or like check in with themselves? Like, what is something someone can do just to start yeah. this process? Firstly realize that we always think there's something we've got to do to start being and it's kind of confronting but it's not something to do it's things to be with and those things are your emotions those energies that are moving that are in motion within you and it's actually giving yourself permission to feel what you're feeling and noticing when you're not. To me, it starts there. Amazing. Do you know, like, what are some telltale signs that, I mean, I can think of some for myself, but um, some telltale signs that that you're, resisting yeah um I would tend to say procrastinating a lot like we associate that now with ADHD and 
all these other things because we like to put symptoms in a box and explain all of that. Um, I say this as someone who identifies with about 90% of anything anyone shares about ADHD. Same, yeah. (laughs) But getting a diagnosis, what is that going to help me? Understand that it's valid to feel the way I feel and to do what I do. Of course it's valid. You're a human. You're allowed to feel everything that you're feeling and to do everything that you're doing. Like, part of me finds it really heartbreaking when you hear, like, people wanting a diagnosis of any kind just so it validates how they feel. Just, like, where did we go wrong that just being who we are is something that we criticize to the point that we need an external source to validate who we are. Because, you know, like even human design, like when I think about it, when I discovered it, I was like, oh, it's so great. It's so validating of who I am and what I need. Yes. It's like, oh, that's a bit sad, actually. Yeah. In a sense, like it's great that it's there and available for us. Like, like I said, it's, you know, one of those modalities that I absolutely love because it helps us release so much constraint and allows us to be more who we are. But how about we just allow ourselves to be as we are? So to answer your question, like telltale signs, procrastination is an avoidance of something. So that thing that you, inverted comma, have to do, what emotion is it bringing up in you or state of being? Like, you know, like, is it making you feel like you're not good enough to be writing this article? Is it making you feel like you're not talented enough to write this song? Is it making you feel like you're an imposter to be sending this email? What's the emotion behind that? And who's the one who's feeling that? So if you're not feeling talented enough, who's the one who's not feeling talented? Is it the one who believes that no one hears them? Is it the one who believes that no matter how loud they speak, it never lands with anyone? Is it someone who believes they have no place in the world? Is it someone, is it the someone who doesn't feel like they belong? Like who is the one who is feeling that thing that you're avoiding in your task? What does that one need? You kind of like break it down and then it goes to like a more core level. That one who believes they're not talented enough because they don't belong what do they need unconditional love and that might not be it like the sequence has you know many arms that possibilities again that stem from each of them but if that's it okay how can you show yourself love because the most healing way to receive is from yourself 
And that doesn't mean that you receive from yourself because no one's ever going to be able to fulfill your needs. It's just understanding like how healing it is for your adult self to give to that little child self what they really need. And I can see that's really speaking to you. Yeah, that's so crucial, I think, also. And I hope that that really helps people listening feel a little bit more empowered to do work like this because it's not that they're approaching this as just one thing. Like they are totally that scared part. They have multiple capacities. Each person, we all have multiple capacities to experience and we can feel multiple things at once. Oh, absolutely. Like we tend to see emotions on two ends of a spectrum as if like you saw pain on or anger on one side and joy on the other side or sadness and happiness are like the basic ones that we put on two ends of a spectrum. And I don't know if people are watching the video or not, but basically if you put sadness on one end of a pen, and happiness on the other end, and then you flip that pen around and see it from the other perspective, you see both ends of the pen at the same time. And so happiness and sadness can exist at exactly the same time within you. But that's not how we perceive them. And like an example of that is I've laughed at a funeral. Yeah. And I was really sad. Yeah. But my mate made a really inappropriate joke. (laughs) And we really all needed to laugh in that moment because we'd been crying for three days. You know? Yeah. And those exist at the same time. And there's more, like, telltale signs that someone's resisting. There's also the exhaustion. Mm. For me, I know, like, when I just feel exhausted, I'm like, like, you know, there's a difference between tired because you haven't slept well and just that overall, like, exhaustion all the time. Yeah. It's just like, what are you resisting? And that feeling completely overwhelmed. So exhaustion has that kind of energy of like I'm pushing something away and I'm so exhausting or exhausted because I'm like holding it off me. Yes. And the overwhelm is like I've completely let it submerge me and I don't even know which way is up and how to come back up for air. That's like you completely let yourself be submerged rather than viewing it as you're the space and the container within which things move. Wow. How, what is the first step for someone to become the container to not, because I think everyone's terrified of being submerged. They, I think people assume that they will be submerged. If they've never done this work, they're like, I definitely will be. That's what that is. I will go into psychosis and I'll need to be committed to a mental hospital for the rest of my life. I think a lot of people are genuinely afraid of their own mind. Oh, and I want to share, like, that is fully legitimate. 
anxiety is a really good example of that because when you feel anxious, there's like, I'm going to die. Yeah. Like your whole body is like, I'm going to die right now. I need to breathe. And that's when you start hyperventilating through a panic attack. Or like, I can't breathe. I can't, yeah, I can't just... breathe. Yeah, you hyperventilate, yeah. which is not breathing. Like you're lacking, right. you're actually lacking carbon dioxide when you're right. hyperventilating and not oxygen. And your body like starts to shut down because it focuses only on your vital organs and stops sending oxygen and blood to your extremities, which is why you stop feeling your hands and your feet and you just spiral like completely when really all you've got to do is breathe. In that moment, like I've lived through this, someone told me you're just going to have to breathe and I was like, um, clearly I can't. And in that moment, you actually feel like your whole body cannot breathe. Is the core function of a human body is to breathe, is to survive. So I... It is fully legitimate that we f- we have those moments where we feel like we will stop surviving if we feel. But then think about it. Does fear kill you? Does anger kill you? Or does the consequences of expressing something put you in a situation where you could stop surviving because you all tell me like yeah anger kills that's when people like get violent yeah 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 that's not the feeling the anger that killed or that created harm it's the toxic expression of the emotion but there is the possibility of big quote unquote just feeling and we haven't been taught to do that we've been taught to manage to deal with to handle to suppress to not show to package it up nicely and to make it look good you feel anger okay put it up in a big tight scrunchy ball and throw it out and it's all gone you feel anger go sit in a corner and hide because you are not a worthy part of this conversation, situation, society, classroom, when you're not behaving the way we decide that you should. Feel the anger. And then, but it's like, feel the anger. And then there are ways to express, I'm using anger because it's like quite a common expression, um, emotion that is considered bad. Commonly suppressed, for sure. Commonly suppressed emotion, especially within women. And actually, with men, it's not so felt. It they like there's like this bypassing of the feeling, and it just goes straight to the expressing, and expressing in quite a toxic way. To make very big generalizations. Totally. Um, so we see the opposite toxic yeah. behavior, um, yeah. oh, the suppressing and then the toxic expression. Yeah. And generally from within yeah. that, yeah. there is also feeling it feel like anger has quite a, um, dynamic energy to it. Feel that move within you, like feel it heat you up because it 
tends to have a very warm energy to it, very hot energy to it. Feel that fire like come up in your body. Where is it in your body? Feel it. Describe it like where is it? What color does it have? What temperature does it have? What texture does it have? How is it moving? That's feeling it. And then support yourself as you're feeling it. So mm. do some research or learn or come work with me on it. Like yes. there is, yeah. How do you support your body to your body and your mind? So your body mind vessel to be more able to hold more of it and in a way that's where the doing is interesting because it's a doing that helps you to be more and I don't know if you can hear it, but there's like a dog that's been laughing and he's like angry. He is angry. Yeah. He's expressing it. <laughs> and then there's, I try to be careful with like the healthy expression of, or the, there are ways to express your emotions where you're taking the full responsibility of it and it has less impact on others. You can feel angry towards someone and just write a really angry letter and then scrunch it up and then throw it out because it's your anger, not theirs. It belongs to you. Yeah. You can, like, kids are very good with anger. Yeah. Tantrums are great. Like, go stomp your feet. Super healthy. In nature, like yeah. the mothering energy of mother nature. Yeah. Go stomp your feet in a forest. Yeah. Go, I was going to say punch a tree, but the tree didn't ask for it. Also painful on your knuckles. Go punch a pillow. Go scream in a pillow. Go yeah. scream at the ocean. Like go yell that anger to the really masculine energy of the ocean. Just go for it. And if the ocean is not somewhere like accessible, go scream in a pillow. You know, like put your head in it and just yeah. <laughs> just really scream into it. Feel like how your whole body just gets really tight. Make it tighter consciously like really go into it and then feel the space that gets created when you let it go and that is feeling your emotion and that emotion is probably always kind of there so don't wait for it to be so triggered that you can't hold it or you feel like you can't hold it go now I'm sure you can find reasons to feel angry and don't wait until there's a reason to feel. Exactly. You're just walking around with your hand on the trigger with a loaded gun. Like it's yeah, because like what happens is like <laughs> if there's and the way we tend to move is so there's emotion and an emotion within us that we've classified as not being worthy to be felt and then unconsciously or more or less consciously because sometimes it's so obvious 
we find external reasons that validate that emotion always already being there. You know, like, and that's like really um, obvious to me when you wake up in the morning, you woke up with no alarm, you're having a peaceful cup of tea, like morning's fine. And you think, how do I feel? And you're like, I feel frustrated. Mate, like you just woke up. (laughs) What do you feel frustrated about? Or like even beyond that, like you've just started your day. Ugh, the delivery guy like didn't knock on the door, right? Ugh, this happened and it makes me feel frustrated. And you're like, it's 10 a.m. I've been awake for three hours and I've already been frustrated like 10 times. You can go, it's going to be a frustrating day and that's, no one like does things right and everyone's fault and la 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 or you catch yourself take your responsibility for your frustration and go okay I've already my frustration has already found 10 reasons to exist how about I just go spend some time with this frustration that's in me and allow her to exist without trying to find a reason Because then what happens is that you stop trying to find external reasons for something to happen and you just allow that to be. And then it can, like, I like to personify, personify my emotions, you know, like inside out, the cartoon. Yes, yes. And it's just like frustration's here today. She's like wanting everybody to see her. And frustration has this kind of like, I see her as a bit of like a diva energy, you know? Like for me, they're all female because that's how I identify. But like this, like, "Ah, I'm here, I'm allowed to exist, like see me and do the right thing. And girl, calm down. (laughs) (laughs) Who poked you this morning? You know? Yeah. Yeah. And then you're just like, oh, right. So who's the one who's feeling frustrated? The one who feels like, No one ever listens to her. Okay. What does she need? She needs silence and a big hug. Okay, cool. We can do that. That we can work with. Right. Let's go take a moment. Let's put on our noise-canceling headphones. That's why we have them. Let's give ourselves some quiet time. Let's go wrap ourselves in a blanket or lie under like a weighted blanket because it feels like an all-over body hug. Let's actually give us a hug and hold ourselves. Feel better now? Okay, cool. Can we move on about our day? Cool. And sometimes it's a matter of being like, cool, okay, I see you. But I've got a deadline in an hour, so can I come back to you at the end of the day when I'm home and then come back to it? Right. Actually. Actually come back to it because in the acknowledging it and accepting it, it tends to diffuse, and then what happens is that we don't address it. We don't spend time with it, and that's often what's happening when we're doing all of the things to make ourselves feel good. Yeah. You know, like you'll have like a meditation practice where you'll suddenly feel a lot of sadness and you start crying and then it moves and then you finish your meditation practice and you're like, oh, I feel so much better. Don't stop at the, oh, I feel good. 
go, yeah, but this popped up. Okay, let's go spend time with that, you know, as soon as possible. You know, like when a child's like, hey, 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 and you go, just I'm finishing my conversation and then I'll speak to you. You don't go, yeah, it's Monday, mate, let's wait till Saturday. Too long. Yeah, it's so true. Those, like, petulanty, like, needy energies, emotions, they're very young. Treat them that way. It's from your inner child. That's when they started. We're re-traumatizing and neglecting our inner child all over again. That's by it's our, not spending time. It's yeah. our vicious cycle. It's our human condition of like, yeah. well, that's the space that I come from of no one's listening to me. So there's no point in me talking. Fun fact, if you're not talking, people could be listening. There's nothing to listen to. And so then no one's listening to me and then there's no point in me talking and no one's listening to me. And we do it to ourselves because when we hear something within us, it's too uncomfortable for us to listen to it. And so then we don't and then it doesn't speak to us and then we wonder why we're feeling so disconnected from our own bodies. And then it just keeps going and going and going. Oh my God. Yeah, exactly. And then I feel like the, on the other side of that, like what you taught me and what I was just sharing with you before we hit record, like I've, what happens then is that even if the same exact situation will happen externally to you, even if it's, for example, someone who is really important to you, um, doing really having really triggering behavior or whatever it could be, even if it's the exact same situation, you can, it, it does not, it doesn't trigger you. It doesn't feel like it's, it doesn't feel as personal. It feels like. Because it's not personal. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's not about you. Exactly. And it stops feeling personal. It stops feeling personal. Because, and also, like, your perception of it changes. Yeah. Literally, you're coming from a different place. Yeah. Because what's happening is if you can observe the place that you're coming from, you're not in that place. Like, if I can observe the ocean, I'm not in the ocean I'm on the beach someone's going to say if you're lying in the middle of the ocean all you can observe is the ocean vibe with me five seconds <laughs> if you know if you're observing the cliff you're not the cliff so if you're observing the place that you're coming from you're not coming from that place anymore And in that new place that you're standing, there are new possibilities because your point of view is different. Different from the one that you've always had because you've always come from that place. And that's where the new possibilities come in. That's like actual free will. It's like actual freedom. Hmm. 
Yeah. And then you're able to, at least for me, and again, on different subjects, it's different (laughs) degrees of acceptance. So you can have like a thousand things going on at the same time. Some things are like... And there's layers. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Of things like, you know, the amounts of times that I've consciously worked on decisions that I've made when I was small and my parents were separating sometimes I'm just like oh I'm so done (laughs) I know this but there's another depth to it and that's when you're growing and your ability to feel is bigger your ability to be in life is bigger possibilities are bigger more and yeah it just that's why like sometimes we tend to say like oh but I've been there already yeah go back go feel it again because otherwise it wouldn't be asking you to feel it again exactly and it's not I to feel exactly you're not back there again exactly it's a spiral of it totally yeah and there is more there to be felt it's just before your capacity the size of your vessel wasn't as big and so as you stretch, like there's more of that that's going to be needed to be felt and it, and it just goes. And the more you do it, the less you resist it. Or you do, but it lasts, it doesn't last as long. It's not as painful because you understand it. You know, you're just like, okay, oh, exactly. we're here again, cool. Exactly. You know, like, yeah. You are familiar with the process. It's not mm-hmm. as terrifying. You know that there's an end to it, that there's yeah. a cycle to it. And yeah. it's not relentless. It's not like, oh, this is just so confronting and I'm just terrified forever. There's a there is that relief. Okay. There is that spaciousness. There is that yeah. change of perspective that allows yeah. in all these new things. And yeah. that is becomes really reassuring. And then the more you can you like it. become more and more curious about it. Sometimes when I'm feeling something really uncomfortable to encourage myself to feel it, I'm like, I'm really curious to find out what's on the other side of this. What's through this? What I'm, what possibilities are going to be available to me by feeling this? What's there? Like you're literally just curious about it. I love that. It's like you don't have any agenda. Like I feel like also with just in terms of songwriting, just that just naturally comes up and is perfect obviously for the podcast. But like with songwriting, if you're going into it with an agenda of like yeah. this is an idea and this is how I want to feel and especially if it's something because we can be tempted to write songs that kind of bolster our ego, that kind of bolster our identity and that in a way are even increasing our resistance even more mm-hmm. um, or participating in this pushing against. But when, if we use, and then we just have bullshit songs and there are a lot of songs like that that are fine and catchy and make people feel good in the moment. But I think they're meaningless and just, just a, it's a, it's a huge tragic waste of time, I think, to write songs from that place. And if we go into songwriting with like total or any art with like really being open to being transformed, really being open to being, confronted with the truth of it and that means like actually taking responsibility for our role in our own experience which is like terrifying then like 
what can come out of that is so much more powerful, is so much more impactful and transformative for you yeah. and for everyone. It's yeah, everything. You're allowing yourself to be surprised. You know, sometimes you sit down to journal and you're like, I've got no idea why I'm here. Or you kind of know why you're there and you're journaling just so you have words on your paper and then you start writing and you're like, oh, I didn't know that was there. You know, I love it when that happens. And I tend to like write actually like, oh, I'm surprised. I didn't expect that to be there. And I think that's a beautiful like way to navigate life to just open yourself to unexpected surprises. Yes. I love that. When I start coaching, there's times where I'm like, okay, last time we talked about this and they've messaged me about this. And so this session, we need to focus about this. I catch myself very quickly nowadays when that's like part of it. Cause when I first like learned how to coach, it's like, the first coaching modality I learned was just like life coaching where you set a goal and you get there. And now it's just, I just sit down and I'm like, okay, let's see what's there today. You know? And just recently I had a session with a client and she sat down she's like, I have absolutely nothing to talk about. She's like, all good. I really like, don't even know why I'm here. And I was like, cool. All right. Let's go find out. Let's go find out why you're here today. And we found. (laughs) We found out why. (laughs) We found out why. Um, But, yeah, it's just, uh, yeah, I'm fascinated by all of this. Amazing. Yeah. It's really the most powerful work you can do, I think, in this life. And anyone who does it is just, I salute you. And anyone who is, like, too scared to do it, I totally get you, but please be open-minded and really like give it a shot. Start with these tips from Anna and then, you know, how can people find you and how can people work with you? So to find me is on Insta. I'm not that present. Like I've decided I wanted to be a coach, not an Instagrammer. Yeah. Um, but Anna.Jordan and Jordan's written with an E at the end. Um, and then to work with me, I'll send you a link and people can book a 45 minute discovery call with me and then we can chat and I'm actually creating a full four months program on emotions. And this was really funny because like you reached out to me, what, six weeks ago, yeah. something like that. And you were like, Hey, do you want to come on the pod? And I was like, yeah, that sounds, my answer at the time was not right now. <laughs> right now is a bit overwhelming. And, but I was like, but I'm definitely keen. And then we spoke again and I was like, Oh, what would you like me to speak about? And I mean, I've worked with you before and you, I loved it because you were like, how about you talk about feeling your feelings? And I just laughed because it's so obvious that it's what I love working with people about and what I love talking about. And I just told you, well, that's quite good because I'm actually launching a whole program (laughs) on emotions. Like that's it. Four months. Feel your feelings. And yeah, um, because I've realized like we can go deeper in the coaching part when there's an understanding of the emotions. Right. And so what I've decided is to create 
like a course on emotions but with the live coaching support and doing the group coaching because group coaching is absolutely magical. There is something, and like some people have resistance to it because they're like, oh, it's in a group, there'll be less time for me and I don't want other people like to see me in that vulnerable state. For having been in group coaching programs for years, there is something really powerful about seeing that you are not alone and about being seen in a safe space and all of that. And also what I find really interesting is sometimes you'll hear someone talk about something and you will realize something about yourself and it would have taken maybe six months of one-to-one coaching to get to that layer but that other person is there and your surface layer is their in-depth layer. And it's just like someone says something and you're like, oh, I resonate with that. And then, and so you're like five minutes of one-to-one with the coach in a group session is worth like an hour in a way, or sometimes you don't even speak and there's just so much that starts moving in you. And then I want to offer one-to-ones within the program as well because it's still helpful to be able to really just dig deep on that specific thing. And then voice note support throughout it as well because there's so much that moves that, you know, like I said, like I needed to tell my coach, hey, there's nothing there but calmness and I'm trying to find the havoc. (laughs) And just having her say, yeah, cool. That was all I needed that day, you know? Um, So, yeah, that's what I'm creating. And if it sounds interesting to anyone, just book 45 minutes with me. We'll chat really about you. And, yeah, it's not – it won't be 45 minutes of me selling a course. (laughs) It's a proper breakthrough call where we get to talk about what you're going through. And um, Man, yeah, hop on that before that book's out because that's that's so valuable. Wow. Yeah. You won't be able to offer that for very long. I don't think, um, before that's, uh, unsustainable. Um, but yeah, I, I could not recommend your work more for people who are ready for that. Cause that is really like, and even, and even if you don't think you are, you are, um, cause we're all humans. I think you are, but you're a little bit curious. Just book a call and we'll chat because, Something that is really important for me and that, like we've talked about like how uncomfortable this work can be. Mm. But my core value in all of this is to always make you feel safe and make you feel really loved so you know that you are. And I will push you when you need to be pushed but I'm also very big on just leaning back and holding the space because it is big things that move and you've got to respect that. Amen. That is, I just, I could talk to you for another hour. (laughs) I'm just, I'm obsessed with your ideas and your work. It's really transformative. And I hope, I'm so excited to hear yeah, what people, what the biggest takeaways are for people from this episode. And 
I, yeah, just book a session with Anna and just see, see what happens, guys. See what happens. And just don't be afraid to feel your feelings. <laughs> Anna, any last words of wisdom? Oh, I think that's it. <laughs> you got a thousand. So there's like a million clips from this. I, I'm just obsessed. That's okay. I say that too much, but really that's kind of how I think. I'm like, wow, that was so packed with like just gorgeous, beautiful insights. Just thank you so much. And I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the self-help songwriter podcast. I hope you found today's episode helpful and inspiring. Remember, you can always find more resources and information about my original music and my services, including custom songwriting and songwriting coaching at selfhelpsongwriter.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a five-star review on your favorite podcast platform or sharing it with a friend who might benefit from some inspiration and positive vibes. And don't forget to stay in touch. You can connect with me on social media or sign up for my newsletter on my website to receive updates about my latest music and offerings, special discounts, and more. Thank you so much again for tuning in. I appreciate every last one of you who listens. And please, I do mean it. Really keep in touch. I really love to hear your opinion. And I really appreciate it when you guys DM me with, you know, what your favorite takeaway was or when you share that on your stories and tag me. It really means so much to know that this is really resonating with you and giving to you what I want it to, what I'm trying to give you. So thank you for receiving that. Thank you for being a part of the self-help songwriter community. And if there's anything else that I can do to help support you in your songwriting or music loving journey, please don't hesitate to get in touch with me, whether it's through DM or email me selfhelpsongwriter at gmail.com. I love hearing from you. And until next time, just find some local independent music and support them. Listen to some great tunes and boogie down. And number one, whatever you do, enjoy your life. The power of music. We're learning how to use it now. Self-help songwriters. It's hard to be human, but songs can help you heal yourself. Self-help.